you call yourself a maker? You smell like failure and corn chips. Drop and give me 45 minutes. This is not your grandparents' tinker toys, it's the Creators Collective. Listen up and don't give me that face. Right, Herbert Holtz and Walker are about to demonstrate the proper way to create. And if you got questions, you had better be in the live chat. Otherwise, I am going to plant my boots so far up your hiney that your mother is going to be crying. Now listen up, jelly-faced cow pies. And we're back for another exciting episode of the Creators Collective. This week is going to be a very enjoyable week because we have three of us in the shop and no one else. This is phenomenal and kind of nice. <laughs> we're back to the home crowd. Uh, I do want to say a huge thank you to our supporters on Patreon. You guys are really helping us make this podcast more than it is today. Thank you for that. Uh, particularly, I want to say a special thank you to Darren Mates, Darren Mates, Caleb Harris of You Can Make This Too, and John from John Made It. Thank you guys so very much. So uh, this week, we are going to be doing just a normal podcast. No one else on here. And uh, I think it's going to be a good one. What do you guys think? Yes. Yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, Yes. Yeah. I like putting people on the spot. <laughs> yes. Speaking of which, Zach, what are you up to today? Yes. <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> hey, I haven't done much. I, I woke up, I ate breakfast, had a whole pot of French press and that I wish were bigger. And uh, yeah, that's that's about uh, as far as I've gotten so far. But uh, uh, I'm assuming you're asking about my week, though. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Um, so a little bit of everything. Um, Let's see. I've been putting a lot of time into this Ample Tunes thing. I don't know if you. I don't. I can't remember how much I've talked about that. I feel like I've been talking about so, it a lot. I'm loving What's that? that? I'm loving the Ample Tunes. So. Thanks. Uh, yeah. So my friend John and I have really been putting a lot of time into that. And if I'm sure you guys are familiar, but if you're not, it's uh, AmpleTunes.com. It is free, royalty-free music that you can use for uh, anywhere that. You and uh, we, we won't try and charge you money for it or anything. If you do want to help support us, though, we have a Patreon that's growing quickly and we just upped our thing. So if people want custom uh, like video intros or custom music, that sort of thing, just check out the the Patreon and we're, we're willing to do that. But uh, I've been doing a lot of tracking Patreon for that. So What's that? Forward. I just upped my Patreon for that and I'm looking forward to uh, having an Ample Tunes intro on my channel. It, it's, it's coming. We just finished up a song for uh, Jimmy Duresta. He sent me a message. He's like, he was listening. I don't know if you guys remember that '90s band Soul Coughing. It's kind yeah. of like a beatnik jazz stuff. Uh, he was like, "Can you do something like this?" I'm like, "Yeah." So I I sent a message to my buddy John, and seriously, like four hours later, he's like, "What do you think of this, man? Can you lay some guitar tracks down over this?" I'm like, "Sure." So, uh, yeah, we work quick. Uh, he works quick. Cool. So but you, uh, so you're getting you're getting you're getting support on that now. I know the Patreon numbers were low when he first started. Um, yeah, but I mean, it, it's growing fast. Um, I mean, we started, I think we actually kind of went like public with it um, about two months ago. And it's it's growing quickly. The music's being used all over uh, YouTube, all over Instagram. I think it's only a matter of time before commercial places start contacting us. I mean, I don't want to take uh, more credit. Uh, John, I mean, I do. I'm just like the, the dude who can play guitar and do some basic, uh, you know, editing stuff but john is like the production genius it's unbelievable what i mean he's like a savant when it comes to this this stuff so um the production value is is i think it's i mean he's he's amazing so that's one of the things that i think is most frustrating about 
uh, YouTube and doing videos and stuff. If you want to use music, yeah, you either have to pay a bunch of money for like mediocre stuff, and the stuff that's free out there is very, very bad. <laughs> it's just not. It's just not good. I mean, there there's a few exceptions, but most of most of what's out there is. Um, I mean, I guess you, you get what you pay for. <laughs> so free music usually isn't very good. Um, so we, we really, I kind of had the idea and I, you know, I used to work with John at a music store and I, I got with him and I'm like, man, nobody's doing this. Like, why don't we try doing like a crowdfunded free music service and, and it's getting off to a good start. So, yeah. Oh, Sweet. I was supposed to talk about other stuff too, probably. <laughs> uh, what have I, what else have I been up to? So I've been doing that, uh, I'll tracking a lot of new new tunes that we're going to have coming out. I think we're actually going to put out two new songs today right after the podcast. Um, but uh, working on that Anvil Stand video that I'm editing. And also, if anybody's been following it up on my Instagram, you've probably seen the wacky epoxy wood file handles that I've been doing. Um, doing a video on that and like a, just a leather tool roll. It's just kind of a kind of a filler video, but it's it's a good opportunity for me to experiment with you know wood stabilization and and uh, epoxy stuff and just some new skills that I don't really get to play with as much. So it's kind of a fun little project. So what about you guys? Cool. Will? Uh, oh, me. Um, still being a contractor, um, just organizing lots of, of subcontractors and getting ready to frame up. Uh, this building next to our new pool. Um, an electrician is actually at my house right now wiring up this crazy salt system panel box that was over my head. Uh, and he got out there and kind of looked at it and went, yeah, this is this is not basic. <laughs> and I went, yep. All right, cool. See you later. Uh, <laughs> uh, I am, uh, along with that pool, just as a quick, satisfying like just get it done, make the wife happy thing. I built a set of temporary stairs um, that go down. There's just so many different levels uh, that I'm working with right now, like with the patio height, where the pool is, where the pool deck is, where the finished concrete is going to be for everything. Um, just because the way that our, our land is, just the way that the grade of, of our land is. He lives on a cliff, uh, so everyone knows. Yeah, I basically live on a cliff. Um, so... Uh, I built just some temporary stairs, uh, threw that together in about 30 minutes, and it was just oddly satisfying to like throw something together that quick with framing lumber. Um, I am prototyping uh, some photo display boxes for another photographer friend of mine um, because she delivers uh, four by six prints to her clients. Um, so she wants to be able to hold 500 four by six prints and a really pretty display box uh, to give to her client. So I'm prototyping some of those um, for dimensions and things like that and take them over to her uh, studio, let her say, you know, oh, this would be cool. Can you add, you know, more, uh, more or less storage or can we make it a little bit smaller or uh, can we put, you know, a hinged lid on it versus just a regular just box top. Uh, like a lidded box. Um, so, uh, <laughs> yeah, so I made that out of walnut yesterday. Uh, I'll probably deliver that this weekend, maybe. Um, and I started shooting video on my finishes video where I'm comparing uh, a bunch of different finishes, and then I'm going to put them through the, you know, cold glass, hot coffee, alcohol, 
test to see, you know, what leaves rings, what doesn't, what holds up better, what is easiest to apply. Uh, I think that will be helpful to a lot of people because I get asked that question all the time. You know, what finish should I apply to this thing? Um, and I think I might try to make a plain till today. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Shouldn't we start calling those hangers? Plain hanger? Oh. <laughs> That's, yeah, I know what a plain hanger is. I don't know what a plain till is until you said plain uh, hanger. No, no, I know. hanger. That'd be where you keep your 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 Boeings and your <laughs> boo. Uh, boo. That was the joke of the day. All right, James yeah. coming out early. Uh, uh, yeah. So I think I'm going to make a plain till today. And actually, I was watching your video on your plain till earlier, James. Do you still do you still like your the setup on your plain till? Oh Would yeah, you change yeah, it. No, it's perfect. I have I've not perfect. All anything right. other than adding more planes. Uh, awesome it, it's fast it's efficient holds them well i like it cool well what are you working on james uh well i have actually been working on everything <laughs> uh I, one of my goals for august is i want to have all my video footage shot and collated before august starts so during the month all i'm doing is editing or then shooting the next month's worth so i'm, I'm kind of staying ahead of the, the ball there and uh so the last week i've been shooting a ton of videos, uh, making a knife handle, making a chisel handle, carving a spoon, fixing a saw, um, making a towel rack, uh, video on how to saw straight and uh, a bunch of other odd things. So I'll be doing one on, uh, um, my sharpening system. I've had a lot of questions recently about that. So I figured I'd just do a, a once and done video on that. And then, uh, Oh, compass planes. And so that's been one I have a lot of questions on the, uh, the most sexy tool in the shop is a compass, at least hanging on. I want, I want a compass plane just to hang on the wall. Like I don't know if I actually use it that often, but I just, I want one. You know what I haven't seen in anybody's logo? Take a wild guess. Uh, Nintendo 64. A compass plane. Come on guys. (laughs) (laughs) Like it seems like it would be nice because you know, everybody's got the round logo and then they put like, then they put normal planes in there, normal hand planes or a saw blade. Nobody's I just don't know that for, many for the sexiest tool in the shop. Why is it not in anybody's logo? That would be. A good I one. don't know that many. Sh- I don't know that many shipwrights. Isn't that traditionally what a shipwright would use? A compass plane? No. 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 I thought compass they were for, is mostly a joinery plane. I thought they were for um, for like the insides of ships. No, that's um, it's uh, compassed the other way across the plane as opposed to lengthwise. What's the hollow? version of a compass plane or the con well a compass plane would go either way oh okay yeah <laughs> now the most common place for them to be used is like on the bottoms of stretchers and things like that where you want to put that nice even perfectly round curve because uh. the problem with most ships is that the the curve is not consistent um, it, it okay. varies its radius um, and a compass plane works great if you have a consistent curve that it can stay in the bottom of but if the curve changes then it's very hard to keep the mouth engaged because it's constantly rocking. Hmm. I don't know. Well, I still want a compass plane. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a tool you don't use that often, but for those rare occasions when it can be something that you used, it just makes everything so much faster and easier. So is that something, I know it's a tradition, a more traditional tool, a hand tool tool. Um, is that something that you could see using well in conjunction with, say, a bandsaw, like cutting a big sweeping curve on the bottom of a stretcher, and then oh yeah, yeah, and exactly. Then back with a with a compass plane to 
Yeah, because you, you don't you don't use the compass plane to create the arc. You use the compass plane to just finish it. Okay. Because uh, usually what I'll do is I'll 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 chop in reliefs with a saw, then use a chisel and knock out the majority of the waste, and then do the last eighth inch or so with the compass plane. Okay. All right. Cool. Uh, hey Zach, I have a question. Um, so I'm in need of an anvil because I want to start banging some stuff out. Um, cheap anvil alternatives. Do you think a piece of railroad track would be a sufficient first anvil for getting started with drawing steel out? Um, yeah, I mean, it's certainly better than nothing and it can be done. Uh, if you have some money to put in, I mean, it, it's hard to say it just, it depends. I mean, it's, I think it, you get what you pay for. I mean, you can certainly do things on railroad track, but, um, you know, even like I have my first anvil, I still have it. It's a 70 pound NC tools, something or other. Um, I think it was, I think when I bought it, it was like 270 bucks or something like that. Right around maybe 300 bucks is probably what they're going for now. Uh, I would say that's worth it over a um, railroad track just because the, you know, the, the railroad tracks kind of a, it's a higher carbon steel, but it's not super high. It's not uh, near as, as hard as most of the faces on the anvil and, and just the mass makes a big difference. Like I couldn't believe going from my 70 pound to my 250 pound, how much easier it is to draw metal out and move material. It's like, it feels like it requires about, 70% of the effort to do the same amount of work. So I could only imagine going down instead of up, you know, to a railroad uh, track. It can certainly be done. I mean, if you ever watch Forged in Fire, like there's people that win it that are like in a farm making knives with like a satellite dish full of charcoal. So, I mean, there's really no excuse. If you have something hard, I mean, you it can, it can be done, but uh, it's just kind of how much effort you want to put into it. And I feel like, like any hobby or getting into anything, the better tools you start out with, the better your, um, uh, you know, you're just going to have a better time working with it. It's going to be more encouraging to work with better tools. Um, if, if that makes sense. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Um, you know, kind of getting started off on the right foot. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, you're having better tools makes everything more fun. So, I mean, I wouldn't right. say if, if it's, if it's like nothing or a railroad anvil, then go with the railroad anvil. But if you can spring for, uh, something a little bit nicer, just avoid anything cast iron. Um, you know, right. I, I, I check your Craigslist cause I bet where you're at, there's probably a lot of stuff floating around there. No, there are a lot. I've been checking, I've been checking for a long time and I use if this, then that, um, and I have been, uh, all of the people around me are selling them as like collectors. Oh, items. that sucks. Yeah. So they're mm -hmm. like, Oh, you know, yeah. Like this is a, you know, 1878 Gordon, blah, blah, blah. And it's, you know, $900 or something like that. Yeah. Uh, where I don't need it to be like, I like having old stuff, but, um, it doesn't need to be something. You know, I, I could be out of touch, but a while ago, it seems like five dollars a pound is like that's oh, a pre. You, that's, you broke that's, out there for a minute. I was gonna say a while ago, five dollars a pound was like what you'd pay for a premium. Like you should never spend more money than that for an anvil. Five dollars a pound. That would be like a really nice anvil. At you know, so uh, but it it depends. I mean, certain anvils like hay buttons or they fetch a lot of money and 
some Peter Wrights and, you know, there's a lot of brands out there, but, um, mm-hmm. it's, I, I feel like it's who forges knife on a steel plate over a concrete block. Yeah. I mean, something else here's, here's something else. that's crazy. So, uh, have I got a deal for you, William? <laughs> so, uh, if you guys are familiar with Cliff or Cliff Dufton, uh, CJ Dufton, I think mm-hmm. I've mentioned him on the, uh, who am I? following or whatever segment that we that we've been doing for two years that i don't remember the name of um (laughs) so when i went up there to forge hammers with him and uh john ariani up in new jersey we got to talking and uh are you familiar with swedge blocks or spelled swage blocks yeah um yep yep so it seems like nobody's made those for like 100 years and uh uh-oh amber alert there yeah Uh uh-oh um yeah. anywho so it seems like the only patterns that are available now are like for spoon making and stuff they don't have any of the bolsters the holes for drifting and that sort of thing so we got to talking and we kind of decided well maybe we should get into making these and pairing them up with um striking anvils if anybody's watched alex Steele before you know what a striking anvil is it's pretty much just a giant hunk of uh, semi-soft steel usually mild steel that's meant to be able to be whaled on it's not quite as hard but it's um you know as most of your anvils uh but the reason being is you can use it's for striking you can use a big heavy hammer and not have to worry about you know sharp pieces of high carbon steel breaking off and sticking into your leg or whatever can happen with some of the, the higher carbon stuff but anyway we're we're planning on producing one of those i'm getting a block water jet cut this week so i'll keep you posted on that if that's something you're interested in probably be a good compromise between uh railroad track and um like a spendy anvil okay all right follow-up question (laughs) i uh i have a kind of a unique situation where i've got um a bunch of like two by two uh, by, I don't know, maybe a foot, two feet, something like that. Um, soapstone scraps. Um, and I was okay. thinking about, you know, cause they make, they make wood stoves. They used to make wood stoves out of, uh, out of soapstone. And so this came out of a quarry. That's like one of the only ones in the U S that just happens to be like 20 miles from me. Um, but mm-hmm. I've got all these scraps and I was thinking, why couldn't I make a forge out of, like a mini forge, like a mini map gas torch forge out of soapstone, like stacking it, you know, instead of doing like the paint can forge with refractory cement and stuff like that, just stacking that. Um, do you guys think that would work? I have no idea. I don't know the uh, thermal properties of soapstone. And if I did, I still wouldn't know the answer. So, <laughs> <laughs> James, do you have any insight into that? No, I don't. Sorry. Right, so I'm just going to have to try it to do it. If anyone if has any it. insight, send us email. Maybe we'll uh, bring that up on the next podcast. You might be on to <laughs> something, though. I have no idea. I mean, does, is soapstone like a, try. a good yeah. thermal insulator? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It holds, it, holds, um, it holds heat for longer than like any natural thing. Huh. Um, well, the, like, the big, the big thing, they make like whisk. What's that? It shouldn't be. Does it hold heat? But how f- quickly does it absorb heat? So it it, uh, it would absorb heat for a while. So I'm thinking it's going to take a lot of map gas to get it up to temp. Um, but then once it's at temp, it should hold heat well. I don't know. 
I don't know, I'm just gonna have to try it. I forgot my physics class, but it's like the thermal conductivity is I think what would be the crucial thing, which is how fast it uh I think it's like the opposite of its insulating properties. So like that's why like aluminum feels colder than something else at the same temperature because it's very thermally conductive, which means it wants to like mm-hmm. it wants to give up its heat and lose its heat fast. Right. And I don't think I think you'd want the opposite of that. I think you want something that kind of keeps the heat on the inside and keeps the cold on the outside. But I could yeah. be I, I could know. be completely wrong. It's been I don't want to be one of those guys that like went to school ten years ago and still thinks he remembers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm just gonna have to try it and I'll I'll let you guys know if it if it works or not to get cool. steel hot enough to draw it out. What do you say we jump into a couple of your questions? Yeah, let's do it. Stephen Ellis asks, I'm about to install a newish 1950s table saw in the shop and was wondering if it's better to install a wall outlet or an overhead outlet for 220. What do you guys want to say? I would think that an overhead outlet, the cord would get in the way of like ripping sheet goods and stuff like that. But that's just me. That was my initial thought too. I think the only thing I've ever wanted overhead is dust collection. Mm -hmm. Um, because the cord still has to go past the table, whereas the dust collection can stop at the table. Um, my, my my personal preference is in ground, uh, run it through the concrete. Mm-hmm. If the concrete's already there, that's uh, difficult. <laughs> I saw somebody that did, because they had to run their dust collection across the concrete floor, and so they ran their, um, their Romex there too, and then built like a ramp system over yeah. it. Um, I still think that would be kind of a tripping hazard, but... Um, but yeah, there's there's that, and then just know your shop. Yeah, it's the type of thing you just get used to in your shop. I think I'd still prefer a cord on the floor than overhead. Yeah, so I would say not overhead. <laughs> <laughs> That's my final answer. Cool. Well, the duck says, uh, how would you do a compound dovetail, be it in wood or metal, and would doing it in metal be done differently? I think that's a really weird, got, interesting question. Yeah, I got nothing on that one. <laughs> uh, wait, where's that? Well, the, the, the with a compound dovetail, um, if you're doing it with hand tools, it's exactly the same as a regular dovetail. It's just the only difference is laying out the lines, um, because once you have the line, then you just saw to the line. Um, with power tools, you have to build a whole new jig um, because the the jigs aren't set up to do that <laughs> or or they they are but then there's a whole bunch of attachments that go on in order to make the, the weird angles for it and what kind of metal are we cutting it in i know the only time i've done dovetails in metal is for like an infill plane so in that case it'd be the exact same because i'd be doing it with hand tools but <laughs> you guys have any experience uh, with that? so what did you cut what kind of metal were you working with for, with the infill plane uh brass and steel so okay. brass sides steel bottom like like a Tony Rolu uh, Hillview wooden metal plane, like the ones he does, the dovetails and brass um, and steel? Similar, yes, but um, older style. Hmm. I'd like to see a picture. Yeah. I need to, <laughs> actually, that's one of the things I want to I build another one here soon. It's been a while. Hmm. Do a video on it. Do, hmm? do a video. <laughs> do I have any insight? No. Um, I've never cut a dovetail in my life. What? Isn't that weird? Not once. You call yourself a maker? Yes. <laughs> now, it's, now it's a challenge. Zach, you have to make a steel dovetail. It's it's like, a, see, I would do that before I do a wood one. Yeah, because uh, steel, there's no like flexibility to it. It's either correct or it's not, whereas wood, there's always a little bit of wiggle room. 
Yeah. Well, you know how uh, uh, Dave Pasciutto's never eaten a taco? I've never made a dovetail. <laughs> I did not know that about him. <laughs> yeah. Not weird. He's never he's never eaten a taco. That's I mean the last I heard, yeah, like it's kind of a big thing, and uh, I don't know why any I, I don't know why anybody would do that to themselves. Like, why would you deprive yourself of one of you know one one of the greatest inventions of all time? Yeah, like that's why would you do that? I had tacos last night, <laughs> and I think it's like so yeah. like, and now it's such a thing. Like now that it now everybody knows, like he's probably never going to have one. Yeah, terrible. You can't start now. Yeah, like what a terrible thing. Like I wouldn't wish that upon anybody to ever experience a taco. Anyway, well, uh, um, well we've, we've note, got some more uh, questions. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jim Dockrell asks, uh, "My ash slab ended up at uh, two and three eighths thick. Could I laminate some four uh, four quarter ash to the bottom without worrying about wood movement causing stress?" Why would you want to? Be the it's interesting question. I'm guessing he's talking about um, a bench top um, to make it thicker. But well, you know, if it if it's ash from the same tree, there shouldn't be any expansion contraction joint, especially if the grain's all running in the same direction. It it should flex all together. Um, I I would think um, that that ash slab is going to move in more of a, a cup, like to where you'll have to flatten the you know you have to flatten your bench top every few years um just with wood movement i would think that they would that there would be an issue but that's just me yeah i I think i would actually take the slab and rip it up and then laminate those rips back together Mm -hmm. run the grain vertically um but that'd be my i i did that on the um the industrial table the the industrial uh industrial desk that i built a while ago the red one with the three mm-hmm. C channel, I had a whole yeah. bunch of ash and ripped it, and then ripped it and flipped it so that the end grain was actually running on the faces once I laminated everything. Because obviously, the steel frame of that desk is not going to allow the wood to uh, expand and contract. So, like I left like a sixty, like two, maybe three sixteenth, sixteenth, somewhere between a sixteenth and three sixteenth of a. Uh, gap around the the edges so and that was a couple of years ago and it's still holding up well yeah <laughs> yeah i like i like james's suggestion of, of ripping ripping it um and then laminating it back together uh because yeah <laughs> that way you can make it whatever thickness you want yeah and then if you have to get more stock then you have to get more stock to make it the width that you want yeah. Cool. Uh, yeah uh right. let's see salvaged yard designs um, what would be your Mount Everest of build and what materials would you want to use? Oh, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. We, we've answered I'll go last. similar questions before. <laughs> Do you remember uh, what our answers were? I know what mine is because it's it's my, my dream build um, that you know someday mm-hmm. when I'm in my 80s, I'll probably build it. And it's a plane. Uh, yeah, six-seat <laughs> canard airplane um, composite material. So either like a fiberglass or Kevlar um, reinforced system uh, so that the the whole plane it's basically set up so that the, the tail is in the front as opposed to being in the back it's a far more efficient plane setup and uh, it would be fun to actually design prototype and build my own and uh, yeah that'd be fun hmm. that's, that's my big dream build Zach. James, James Orville Wright what's your <laughs> middle name <laughs> Loyal Loyal okay that's a good middle name 
That is a good middle name. Um, God, mine. I don't know. Like, that's really hard. I feel like my interests change every like two weeks. I'm on to something different. I think it would be really cool to design like, I don't know. Like, I think it'd be really cool to do a whole, not just one thing, but like a cohesive space. Like, I think it would be really cool to design like, you know, like a, uh, like a whole, an entire bar or like an entire hotel lobby or like some, some space and design, you know, the, the layout and the furniture and the, you know, and build all of it. I think that would be, you know, something along those lines where it's not just one thing. It's kind of this whole cohesive project. Um, you know, I think that would be, that would be a lot of fun. Probably be ridiculously stressful, but I think it's one of those projects where, you know, you, I'd, I'd learn a ton and, and just really get a go to town and a whole bunch of different, uh, um, you know, realms. So I guess, I guess mine would kind of be along the same line with, with Zach, but I'm kind of doing it already. Um, but so it's like, you know, you take the things like, you know, I built our house from the ground up. Um, you know, that was obviously a giant project, um, but it wasn't the first house that I had built. So, you know, staring down, you know, from a pile of dirt to the finished house, like it was a ton of work. Um, and now filling it with, you know, furniture that I'm making everything in the house, you know, except for the couches I basically made. Um, and I'm kind of doing that with the pool, the house building right now. So as I'm building this, this thing, I'm going to fill it with, you know, I'm going to make, you know, custom bar tops and I'm going to fill it with custom furniture, things that I want to make for myself instead of other people. Um, so I guess that kind of cohesive space is, you know, like what Zach was talking about. It's not a hotel lobby or a bar that's public to everybody, but um, that. <laughs> and then build a guitar to put in that building. <laughs> build a what? Build a guitar, an acoustic guitar. Oh, cool. It's, yeah, just so- like we were talking about with Tommy last week. I want to, so when we move, uh, which is coming up, it keeps getting closer. Thank God. Um, probably about eight, eight months or so is, is what our timeline's looking, looking like to up to like the Bellingham area is what we're still looking at. Um, I want to throw all of our furniture away that we own here and start over and build everything myself. I want to build, you know, all of our, uh, you know, couches and chairs and tables. And uh, I think that'd be a cool content series on my huh. channel too. Just like literally starting from plastic goodwill tables. Cause you know, we're not going to be, you know, it, <laughs> it's all I'm going to do. I think, I think the channel would be really, really cool. So I'm kind of excited that about be, that. That would be cool. And it's a good motivator too. Um, like, you know, if you have the plastic goodwill tables, just the stuff that's like not, like, yeah. it's, it's like offensive to look at. Like, yeah, it's, in your home. See. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's, but I mean, it'll be great content too. So yeah, I'm excited about that. Very cool. I'm about to start building some white oak uh, outdoor couches uh, for our screen and porch. So hmm. cool. Yeah, that's on, that's on the honey do list. I'm intimidated by doing a couch. Like I like the, the chase couches mm-hmm. you know, that have like the half sit area i don't know, I don't the, know like a chaise it. like a chaise lounge or like the yeah well it's uh, like the you know the couches that are like shaped like an l and you have like one side's like the chase yeah so like a sectional but yeah um but man like because i want to do all the upholstery and everything myself too and uh since i'm working with tandy leather that's feasible it'd be nice to actually do like full-on actual 
real leather. So when we moved huh. in here, uh, we we got these super cheap. They looked really nice, but it's all bonded leather. So it's been a year and a half, and it's there's like no no faux leather attached to whatever <laughs> canvas is underneath of them. So like our our couches are shedding. Yeah, you got chair like that in the basement. So they were. I think a gift. A, I, I wouldn't uh, have paid for those. They were a gift. So uh, I just want. I think there's a there. New Yankee workshop where Norm Abrams um, went to an upholsterer. And like they went over like the like upholstery, you know, of some couch cushions and or the couch seat type thing. I mean, I, I guess I know how to do it in theory, but I have never done one. And like doing, it's intimidating because you know how much money worth of leather like that would be to do a couch in real, you know, hide leather. I don't want to screw it up. <laughs> it's really expensive. <laughs> Uh, cool. cool. So should we get into the creator's photo challenge? Yeah, let's winners? We are actually going to do it this week. Yeah, we are. <laughs> so this week on the creator's photo challenge, we were talking about contrast and we had quite a few uh, entries come in, especially this last week. So uh, Will, why don't you tell us about what you chose? Yeah. So uh, let me go over to Instagram here real quick. Um, my, my two picks are from, uh, <clears throat> Coburn Wood Design, uh, who did, hang on, um, there we go. I want to describe this accurately. Um, so Coburn Wood Design uh, was a picture of a clock um, that they had made, uh, and it was different laminations. No, I'm sorry, it was plywood clock. Um, so it was the different laminations of plywood um, turned on edge, uh, and he put it in a really bright, window light uh, and the contrast of the white hands to the shadow of the hands. Uh, they're just really, really contrasty. A lot of shapes going on, a lot of uh, color and light. I think it was a perfect example of contrast. And then my other pick was uh, Shark Tooth Fabrication, who was uh, cutting what looked to be a dowel flush with some looks like dark stained pine. Uh, if I were guessing, and the contrast of the pine to the uh, reflective surface of the flush cut saw uh, added with the composition of the shot was just really, it was just a nice, pleasing image that showed off a lot of contrast. And he gets bonus points um, for being shark tooth fabrication, and it is Shark Week. Oh, nice. <laughs> so I will post those in the live chat if anybody wants to check them out live. Cool. Well, I'm going to choose. Uh... CWI Will C Wilcock 511. I'm guessing that's what his name is. <laughs> um, and he had what I chose as the the. It, it's kind of um, uh, it's overused. Um, but it is like the quintessential woodworkers contrast of a block of walnut and a block of maple together, and that's that's the total picture. And it's like pure woodworkers idea of contrast so I, I had to give him the the kudos for that because it was just like it's it's been so overused that it's kind of like comes full circle that it's it's cool again to me <laughs> <laughs> um and then number two uh little water woodworks uh he has a picture of wood curl wood curls with um i'm guessing it looks like maple and ash uh really cool and of course they're wood curls so i had to pick it so there are are my two what you got zach my that William picked the same two, same exact same two. Oh wow! All right, so James, um, you had yeah. to pick one of those two. Oh man, um, 
Then if I have to pick between those two, I'm going to pick the the clock. That's a Coburn Wood design. Uh, really like that. It was a well, well put together picture. Cool. So, well, congrats. Who, um, who wins this week? I don't remember who got, who sent the last one. Who does the prize? I don't know. It's been like a month since we've done these. I think it's you, Will. Is it me? All right. I'll send did you. I, wait. Did who did it? Was I supposed to send something to the last person? <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't received your gift, and you should have, please let us know. Yeah. yeah. If, if somebody, if I was supposed to send you something and I didn't, let me know and I'll send you something. I had to order more shirts like a week ago because I'm already out. So those should be showing up. Uh, if you're a large or an extra large, you're out of luck until I get that new order in. But uh, yeah, if I owe somebody a shirt, let me know. Cool. <laughs> well, then, uh, Will, what did he get? Uh, let's see. What did he get? Um, I haven't made it yet, but I am planning on making uh, a marking knife. So I'll just make two while I'm at it and I'll send you one. Sweet. Yeah. Someone got a precious special gift. Yeah. So congrats, Coburn Wood Design. Um, get in touch with us. Send us your contact info and we will, either one of us, any one of us, um, or just you know, message us or email us. Find us somehow. <laughs> but- <laughs> well, we have already done the joke of the week and actually we don't have one in the list for next week. So um, if you... If you have a joke of the week and you'd like to submit it, please send it to us and we will add that in. We're, we're actually out of jokes for right now, which is like, oh no. <laughs> no there's, there's one in the, in the live chat earlier. I just, I'm, I'm trying to scroll back and I'll add it to next week. Uh, but I don't remember. Anyway. Cool. Sorry to de- derail. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's, uh, let's get into what we're watching, reading and inspiring us. Will, what do you have? So I've been doing a lot of photo editing lately, um, so I haven't been doing a whole lot of YouTube, but uh, I, on my second monitor, I've just been keeping a show just to keep some background noise, something going on. Um, I just watched, I just binged watched The Last Kingdom, which is a Netflix original series, uh, and it was during the Viking raids of um, what was Wessex... Uh, East Anglia, Northumbria, uh, Mercia, basically, you know, the United, what is now the United the Kingdom. All the E's. Yeah. <laughs> what is now the United Kingdom. Um, and it's about a, Sa- a Saxon boy who gets taken as a hostage in a Viking raid and then is raised as a Viking and then comes back. And uh, there's lots of, lots of Viking war stuff. Uh, so it's really, it's really enjoyable to watch. Um, and then I finished that up and then Netflix, uh, suggested a show called Norseman to me right after. Uh, and so I clicked on it thinking it was going to be another hilarious, uh, another, uh, you know, brutal, gory, violent, uh, Viking thing, but instead it's a parody of, uh, what would Viking life be like, you know, today? Uh, and it's like, so it's set back in that time, but it's, it's just ridiculous. Like, you know, they've got slaves on their Viking ship coming back to, to Norway or wherever they were going to. And, uh, there's, you know, one of the slaves, it's like, Oh, excuse me, excuse me. I have a question. Like, uh, where's the water? <laughs> like I've been thirsty. I've not been offered water. And then the guy's like, Oh, uh, I, uh, I'm, I'm sorry. As soon as we get back to shore, you'll get some water. Don't worry. And it's, it's, it's terrible. It's a terrible show. I don't recommend it, but it is, uh, addictive to watch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So, James, what are you what are you watching? 
Um, I've been watching Practical Engineering. Uh, it's a channel that I kind of binge watched a while ago, and he just put out a video the other day about uh, rock supports in in tunnels, which was kind of like okay. Um, but anytime he puts something out, I definitely watch it because it's it's a great way to learn. And suddenly had this amazing inspiration moment of I've got to build something like that. And basically to demonstrate how screws put into rocks inside of tunnels hold it together to demonstrate that fact he basically built a coffee table and filled it with loose rocks and then put bolts top to bottom and then took out the supports top and bottom and all of this loose gravel held in place like a coffee table with just bolts and it was like i've got to build a coffee table like that now <laughs> and literally the entire surface of it is loose gravel held together with bolts um just a, a total mind job of of a build and um the inspiration was is incredible so now i'm i'm i'm, I'm i have this running in the back of my brain and it'll probably pop out in a year or two but it was a really really cool video you definitely gotta take a look at uh, zach what you got so i have to give a shout out to josh scott knives on instagram so a while ago if, i don't know if you guys remember those little pocket cleavers that i made um mm -hmm. those were influenced by some of his designs and me not being a knife guy, um, I just looked up pocket cleavers. And I'm like, oh, these are really cool. I'm going to do something similar. And the one that I did was hit, uh, based off of one of his designs. And uh, I just wanted to give him a shout out. And uh, like I said, I don't really know. I don't really know how the knife game works. I just saw something that was cool. And uh, his designs are a lot more unique than I thought. So I just wanted to give him a shout out. And uh if you guys are into that sort of thing, he does some really cool work and uh, he's actually not too far. I was talking with him on Instagram the other day. He's not too far from where my wife is from in, in Ohio. So there's a potential collab that might be happening in the future once I figure out how to smash some Damascus with my press. So uh, if you guys are into knives, check his Instagram out. It's He's got some really cool stuff. Sweet. Well, cool. do you have a favorite product of the week, Zach, or should we move on to Will? Uh, yeah, do somebody else. Well, <laughs> <laughs> what you got? Uh, I have a rare earth magnets. Um, so yeah, okay. so I, I, uh, I ordered some for a specific purpose that I, now I can't remember what it was, but, uh, but then I had some left over and I just started sticking them everywhere in my shop. Um, so like the, um, the Chuck, uh, the chuck key for my drill press. I put a rare earth magnet on the side of my drill press and I put the chuck key on that. So it's always right there over at my lathe. I put um, rare earth magnets all over my lathe so I can hold my wormwood screw, um, the key to open the jaws of the chuck on my lathe, um, the little pin to stop the spindle from turning. Um, so you can index the little indexing pin. I don't know if you guys are familiar with what I'm talking about on yeah. uh, yeah, certainly this have an indexing pin. Um, and so I've just found it to be like ridiculously useful around the shop, just putting them everywhere. So that's my that's my thing. Rare Earth Magnet. They are so much fun to play with. They yeah, really you are. can hurt yourself with those things. Yeah, I, I oh, used yeah, to have a... two 300-pound magnets, 300-pound uh, pull magnets. They were um, six inch in diameter by two inch thick, neodymium. And uh, I had to make sure I kept those two magnets at least six feet apart. Um, because if I, if I brought them like three foot apart, they would, they would yank together and smash anything between them with 600 pounds of pole. It's crazy. Uh, yeah. That's insane. Stick your hand in there. <laughs> I have, so I have like those mag switches, which are amazing for, uh, 
welding stuff. They're oh yeah. I mean, one of them's called like the Magvice, and I think it's like I think it has like a thousand pounds or something of force. I could be totally wrong, but it's it's ungodly. I mean, you could you could set like a four by eight sheet of one eighth inch steel on this thing and hold it at like a 45 degrees nuts. Um, but I usually clamp it to the side of my welding table and, uh, you guys have probably seen those key fobs that I make. I usually have those around my, uh, like one of my belt loops and like Mm -hmm. probably three or four times a day, I'll be walking by like around the table (laughs) and it'll just like suck my, (laughs) just like pull me into the table. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, okay. I have a product of the week. No, (laughs) <laughs> no and in fact how's that for no. a twist he's actually got one <laughs> yeah um so actually i went to tandy leather the other day and got some got some goodies uh i saw in one of their catalogs they just came out with a burnishing machine and it's a little motor with a burnish wheel it's rpm and uh it's pretty incredible because burnishing the edges of leather is not fun. Yeah, uh, it takes a long time, and uh, when with this thing, it, it doesn't take a long time. So, yeah, sweet, cool. Well, I'm actually gonna um, shout out to my DMT diamond plates. Um, I have a video coming out uh, later today, which actually should be coming out any moment now. Um, and uh, my eight-inch DMT diamond plates. I absolutely love them, and uh, they make sharpening so fast so efficient and you don't have to mess with anything there's no no flattening there there's there's no moisture problems you just clean them up you go and you're back in shop and uh you know sharpening a chisel is a, is a 30 second process even with a nick in it they're just a really really fun simple tools that i have had for years and love definitely check them out so i think that's about it for this week you have uh, used up another what 50 minutes. Oh my, we've wasted a lot more of your time than we should have. (laughs) I want to say a huge thank you to our patrons on Patreon. You guys are really helping us out. If you'd like to find out more about that, you can do so at patreon.com backslash creators collective. And that is about it for this week. And until next time, have a wonderful day. Thanks guys. See you guys. Thanks again for listening to the creators collective. We publish weekly on Thursdays in iTunes, Stitcher, and Google play. You can follow us on social media pages everywhere at Creators Collective. We're also live streaming every week on Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time. Just look up the YouTube channel to join in on the fun of the live chat and get your questions answered live. And until next time, keep on creating.